Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends, as this video is brought to you by DrRoto.com. This is the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate, brought to you by DrRoto.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports. I am Sam Holt, joined as always by Derek Tate. Derek, how the hell are you today? I don't know. You kind of made that sound like a professional voiceover. Get your <laughs> fantasy prescription today. Like, I'm going to start going Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Uh, anyway, no, I'm fantastic. Training camp has arrived, Sam. We are here. <sighs> can we just like take a moment it's just i'm so happy that it's all just starting again like this time last year we had so many question marks of how anything was going to happen everyone was doing practice over zoom there was so much stress we can shake that off right now training camp has started we are back at it people let's get excited hopefully you are already starting your drafts or at least mock drafting and today we are going to continue our series on adp studies we'll be talking about running backs really quick before we jump into that though the biggest news that's happened this week aaron Rodgers has returned to lambeau field he has returned tate what was your first take when you saw him walking that walk with the uh, might i add the very good looking top knot he had on the top of his head I okay. I'm going to skip the top knot. Um, I'm going to focus on my initial reaction was what a waste of everybody's time with all the speculation, oh, with all the drama. Mm -hmm. It all ended up bleeding to nothing. He was literally there for the first day of camp. Like, yeah. I mean, okay, like, cool. This it was a pissing match between him and the front office. It was. They are clearly kind of. At a disadvantage now that he's the reigning NFL MVP. And Sam, we talked about it. I told you when we were talking about Devontae Adams. I know. I, I was yeah. waiting for the I told you so. But hey, you know, now I don't have to worry at night whether or not my Devontae Adams shares are going to pay off because he has his quarterback back. All of my Aaron Jones shares I feel a lot better about as well. I feel like he would have been okay. But still, you just feel better when they've got their MVP caliber quarterback back in the office. So let's go ahead and jump right into it and talk about our running back ADP studies. So let's cover overpriced first. We just talked about this in the show notes a minute ago and I already forgot. Oh, it's okay. So do you want me to go ahead and lead it off when it comes to overpriced running backs? Like, yes, please. I mean, let's, let's hear who you have as an overpriced running back. I want you to go ahead and hold your breath on this one because this may be an unpopular take. Alvin Kamara. Uh, I want to start it off with Alvin Kamara. And okay. you're having to pay that premium of a first round, probably a top five pick in any fantasy draft that you're in, in particular with PPR, right? And throughout his entire NFL career, he has proven that he is a PPR machine. 81 or more receptions each and every season he's been in the National Football League. So, Derek, what's the problem? Yeah. The problem is, is that Drew Brees is no longer checking it down to him all the time. Mm -hmm. He posted a career-high 83 receptions last year. Some of that had to do with Michael Thomas. But if you take a closer look, Taysom Hill under center did not do any favors to his PPR floor 
on a weekly basis. Okay. That is the major concern for me moving forward into 2021. Kamara is still a per touch dynamo. He's a threat to take it to the house every time he touches the football. So I love Alvin Kamara as a player, but that situation, depending on who's under center, which we do not know yet, could it be a rotational thing? Could it be a bigger split between who's actually taking snaps in 2021? If Taysom Hill outright wins the job, it makes me concerned for Kamara's floor moving into this season. So that's why I'd re- there's other running backs that I feel like I'd rather spend a top five pick on than him right at this current moment. Okay. But then, you know, the counterpoint immediately is if Taysom Hill does not win, you know, outright, and it is Jameis Winston's ball game, and right. they give him the entire run of the field and say they're, they're just going to use Hill in a bunch of random trick plays, whatever. We're not going to get to use him. Those that draft him as a tight end are probably going to be happy the one time he gets to throw a pass in the game. And then with Winston, you've got just someone that's going to do nothing but air out the ball constantly. Is it going to go to the guy he needs it to go to? That's the question. But if you've got someone as talented as Alvin Kamara that can just dance underneath the ball and get it where he needs to get it and make catches out of anything, is it a perfect match of him with Winston? That's to be determined, right? You know, because what we saw last of Jameis Winston was him, of course, having his own 30 for 30 in the near future on ESPN with, you know, 30 interceptions, 30 touchdown passes. We've already made the jokes about his LASIK surgery, all the above. I've been there, done that, talking about Jameis Winston as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. But I will say that his floor is a little bit more enticing with Jameis under center if he wins the position. So if if the split is similar to when Drew Brees was under center and Hill kind of flexes in as like a gadget player slash um, wildcat type quarterback. Yeah. Then yeah. Then then I'm I'm more on board with Kamara's current ADP. Um. All right. Well, thank you for that as your overpriced guy. Mine, I think I'm going to go a little bit different. Do we want to build the drama? Do you want to hold your breath for mine? I can do. I can try I to do a drum roll. I can try All to right. do a drum roll. I'll just hold my breath. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley as a s- overpriced running Ooh. back. I know. I know. Is it crazy? Is it crazy? I don't I mean, think so. And let me explain why. Okay. So when you're taking someone like Saquon Barkley and you're in a draft, and maybe this isn't a super flex league, so quarterbacks aren't flying off the board like crazy in the first round. And you're looking at running backs and you're saying, okay, I'm sitting in that fourth, fifth, sixth spot even. And I see Saquon on the board. I just want people to take a moment to pause and think about this. Is he coming off a huge injury? Yes. Is he Saquon and he's going to be an incredible physically dominant athlete? Absolutely. But do we know 110% that he is going to start week one and be 100% himself? I don't have that confidence. When you look at the tape on him, they... I just don't think he is evened out in his leg mass that he last was. And I think that's because he is coming off of the injury that he is. I don't think he's going to have zero problems going into this season. I think he is going to be a slower start than people think. I think that he's probably not going to see the field until maybe three or four. And when you're drafting a running back at the one, and you want someone, a first-round running back, you need him week one. 
Mm-hmm. I just don't think you want to overpay for someone that has any question marks to start the season. Also, when these running backs are coming back, they tend to have other issues that pop up as a result of overcompensating for that knee. So you start to see things like the hamstring issues pop up. Now, can Saquon do ridiculous things like box jumps and squats and ridiculous things? And obviously he's a huge beast. Yes. But is he doing enough work to balance out his hamstrings so that they can compensate for coming back from an injury like that? I don't think so. We don't see the deadlifts that he's doing any days, which we're going to work on the hamstrings. We don't see any of these types of things that are going to support that muscle. I have a lot of issues with someone that might be unbalanced coming back. So I'm just saying, keep that in mind. We might not get all of Saquon this entire season. He might not get all the games. And if you're going to take a running back that early, you want someone that's going to start right away. So I feel like you're fixated on his legs a lot. Who is not? (laughs) He does have, he does have very, very, very muscular legs. And arguably what does a running back need more of? than any other thing and legs they're going to push through and be dynamic and be able to make the cuts and make the jumps over players that he can do and has done in the past. So if you're telling me that you're concerned, let me, let me go ahead and repeat this back. You're just concerned that he's not going to be fully ready to go. And he's already kind of hinted at that. It seems as if the giants are kind of hinting at that. And we're so accustomed to today's day and age players recovering pretty quickly from ACL tears, right? From knee sure. injuries, like even a torn Achilles, which were once a, you know, kiss of death for player professional athletes. We're, we're accustomed to them coming back in, in about a year and being ready to go in some cases and even better, which is weird. Like Adrian Peterson, once upon a time ran for 2000 yards a season after a major injury. But when it comes to Saquon Barkley, if you're sitting here telling me that, you don't want to invest in a player with a first round pick that is coming back from an injury and already heading into the season with uncertain health. I can certainly understand that. Yeah. And when you're taking, what I'm saying is when you're taking someone with that valuable of a pick in those round in, in that section of the first round, you want 110% confidence in what you're buying. You don't have the, buyer's confidence there i'm thinking you're gonna have buyer's remorse after you go and take barkley there and then you see him not taking the runs in practice and then you see okay well he's we're we're measuring out his we're going day to day with him and then the more you start hearing this day to day and we're drawing closer to the start of the season you're gonna think oh i think i shouldn't have bought this yeah (laughs) i think you should have bought other I, I can totally that. see where you're coming from. It's yeah. like you've already made that purchase and you know there's a no refund policy. Yes. And yep, you can't take it back. Can't send it back. Mm-mm. Can't get your money back. back. No, you're stuck. No, you can't. You're stuck. And you're going to have to hope that you took a second running back in the second round so that you can balance that out. And hopefully you do. But, you know, buyers, buyer beware on Saquon Barkley, in okay. my opinion. All I right. So let's go ahead and move on and let's talk. Uh, Let's talk late round value next. Let's cover that. Okay. Who do you have as a late round value pick? We're past the first round. We're past even the fourth round, maybe, unless you're doing one of those switcheroos that I've done before. And I say, oh, you can get him in the third round. But who's a late round value pick that you have? You know, there's a, there's a good handful of them in this one, right? I mean, I, there's so I want to kind of name drop a couple of them. Um, okay. I, cool. I mean, the thing is, is what do you consider late round value? Like that's where... 
you know, what, what is late round for trying to aim for a running back, right? Are we talking t- like 10 round 10 plus, or are we saying like round seven plus where are we, where do we want to draw the line here? Cause I got a couple picks. All right. Uh, let's see. I think, I mean, I think anything seventh round or later is fine. Okay. Okay. So if that's going to go ahead and be the case, I want to go ahead and say that Gus Edwards is somebody that I want to go ahead and grab a ton of shares of Yep. because that is no longer a three headed monster. Uh, as far as in the backfield at the running back position with, with Mark Ingram now out of the picture and they re-signed Gus Edwards for a reason, right? It's going to be still a run-heavy offense. This NF- this team is likely going to lead the league in rushing. And Gus Edwards, where you're getting him at the current moment, and I'm going by the ADP that is currently listed on fantasypros.com. So go wherever you want to grab your ADP resources and stuff of that nature. But Gus Edwards right now is coming off the board at 114 overall and running back 42 at the position. So if you're telling me a guy that is going to – see a handful of carries every single week. I mean, you can kind of take a look at just even what he did just last season as far as how they phased out Mark Ingram. I can feel confident that Gus Edwards is going to see somewhere around, you know, anywhere from like 10 to 15 touches on a weekly basis in an offense that's going to be running the football. And he certainly is a threat to go ahead and punch in a handful of touchdowns. Now, granted, that the, the only caveat with that is that, we don't, he doesn't probably have that huge boom potential. Yeah. But if you're looking for like a flex option to put in on a weekly basis, I love him in particularly in standard formats. He's more of a guy I like in those um, type of leagues rather than PPR because he's not going to give you much as far as pass catches go. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely get that. I mean, when you're, you're not excited it, about it, it's I'm not sound- excited about it, but maybe it's because he's a Raven and that's why I'm not super excited yeah. about it. It. And as a Steelers fan, you know, like, and he doesn't eh. catch a lot of passes and there's not like a, like a huge breakout guy. And that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to qualify this as who I'm taking past round 10 that can contribute to my team. Yeah. Who's going to be that running back that you need to rely on in a bye week to hit a floor so that you don't lose your week because you don't have your main guys out there. I, I get it. I get it. I just don't like it. It's okay. It's just, it's just I just don't like it. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Tell me who you do like then. All right, who I do like is someone that is going to vulture a lot of touchdowns from my favorite guy out there. And we talked about him just a little bit earlier to start. Okay. I am, I, and you always make fun of me, but I'm very infatuated with Aaron Jones and all that he can do. And he's a fantastic back and he's just otherworldly to me and what he can put out there with. Okay. Him. However... Historically speaking, the second running back does tend to vulture a lot of touchdowns in Green Bay, does tend to get a lot of work. And we were talking about legs earlier, and maybe this is going to be a theme of today. It's a theme of yours. (laughs) But I do love me some A.J. Dillon late, and I see him going in anywhere between the eighth, ninth round in a lot of leagues. Hey, this is a guy that's going to do a lot of back-end cleanup. Okay. And if if someone else has, in your league has drafted Aaron Jones and you want to see someone squirm and cry while you're drafting, go ahead and take A.J. Dillon away from that drafter. They're going to be very, very upset because in terms of an insurance policy on someone, A.J. Dillon is a fantastic insurance policy that is going to 
pick up a lot of reps and see a lot of in-season value. You can't be mad at that. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing where you're going with this. I just, uh, I don't know if I believe in AJ Dillon as a player. Like it's nothing particularly against him personally. It's just, we haven't seen enough of him to really feel confident that he is going to see an incredibly reliable workload. I mean, yeah, he's a great handcuff. Um, he is. And I mean, that's the, that's what you're looking for at this value. You're looking for someone that has the potential to see a lot of usage. And I see that in him. I see that. And just in the way that the Packers have used these backs in the past, I mean, are they going to overload Aaron Jones? Yeah, sometimes, but they really don't do that. They like to give it to that second running back in order to vulture that touchdown to piss off an Aaron Jones owner, but they're, it's going to happen. If history is anything to go off of, just saying. Well, they had a lot. Well, I will say this about the Green Bay Packers. They, over the last couple seasons, in particular since Matt LaFleur has gotten there, they have run a lot of even sets with two running backs on the field. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can understand from that standpoint, I, I, th- will they find a way to get him some touches? Yeah. I'm just, I don't know how many that's going to be. And, that's the only tricky part. Now, if I, and I, I want to go ahead and say that one guy that is like on the fringe that I really, really like his upside. Are you sneaking uh, an extra pick? I'm in? sneaking an extra one in you here. Would. Trey Sermon for the San Francisco 49ers. If you're looking for somebody that in a later pick that has, in, I think, boom upside, for me, it's Trey Sermon, given that, look, Kyle Shanahan has been able to make a slew of running backs successful in this type of system. And Raheem Mostert is already dealing with, I believe it, some sort of knee discomfort in training camp. Which you uh, don't want to see from any running back. Knee discomfort. Walk away. Yeah. Walk away. I, well, that and Jeff Wilson Jr. already, you know, he's on the shelf. You know, so, I mean, is there a world where Trey Sermon gets some run pretty early or at least a good portion of this preseason and, carves out a role and I see it and he is a he's a downhill runner that fits this zone scheme very very well so Trey Sermon is definitely one to keep an eye on but he's like his current ADP is right now around 90 which that's right around round seven so that's why I didn't go with him because he's technically I don't know late round I don't know all right all right we'll let, we'll let that one go all right now let's talk about our breakout candidates this is the fun one that everyone wants to hear about who do we have breaking out this season this is where we can get our hype train started yep who do you have so is there a way that i can go ahead and call my shot as a dark horse okay. to finish the year as the running back one in ppr formats okay. at the running back position okay and call my call my dark horse shot and it's Austin Eckler. Okay. The old Eck piece. And old Eck piece. So I want you to go ahead and listen. Hear me out here because okay. if I you're will, a big Justin Herbert fan, do you like Justin Herbert? I mean, who doesn't like sunshine? Okay. There we go. So we talk about, I think, an offense that has significantly improved up front with multiple moves along the offensive line, including taking a tackle that was right there as like, Right there with Panay Sewell is the best tackle prospect coming out of this draft. It was Northwestern's Rayshon Slater. They got him at the perfect spot in the first round. I think he comes in and makes an impact immediately on this offensive line. Eckler is the best back of the bunch. 
bar none there in Los Angeles. And if you look at what he did with Herbert under center, there was not one game that he played from week 12 to week 17 last year where he didn't have at least 10 PPR fantasy points. His floor is going to be, dare I say, as far as in the passing game, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara type. Wow. I that's where I see his weekly floor. Okay. And he's also a per touch dynamo. I know he doesn't have the traditional build of a feature back, but neither does Christian McCaffrey. I see him as like Christian McCaffrey light, but in a more productive offense. So I'm going to go ahead and say Austin Eckler is my kind of my breakout candidate. I think he's got all the symptoms of a top five running back. And I don't think it's going to be quite as frustrating for him inside the five. I don't think they're going to feed like like they did last season with Josh Kelly and Kalen Balaj inside the five-yard line. I think it's going to go ahead and be your boy Austin Eckler getting some touches inside the five, but also just the the majority of the work in a productive offense. I well, okay. So I do like the idea of some someone being Christian McCaffrey light. So that's definitely always something fun. I would like to get that trending if we get a hashtag. CMC light whenever we're talking about Austin Eckler I'm definitely down for that um I don't hate it as much as the other one that you gave yeah Gus Edward you were like you almost threw up on this on your microphone I mean I wouldn't do that because I really like this microphone but (laughs) true I get it though I saw the facial reaction for anybody listening audio wise it's it's it Sam gave it the stink face when I said Gus Edwards. I did. I did do that. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't hate it. I think I'm just a little bit wary of Eckler in that offense that I see having a defensive shift based on the new head coach that is there for the Chargers. I, I hope that they don't turn off the burners when it comes to this high powered offense that they've started off with, with Herbert. I think they, didn't know what they were going to get when they ended up having to throw him on the field. And then obviously we all got to see the magic that happened last year. I just hope there isn't a regression on this season just because they try and figure out the defense and what they need to be doing there. So I, I hear you. I, again, I don't hate it. It could end up in my notes. I might write it down in pencil while I'm drafting on other teams. Okay. But... <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for not hating it and, you know, casting it into the, you know, pits of hell, you know, thank you, Sam. I, I feel much better about myself. Continue. Now your turn. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, I didn't want to be completely negative all your takes today. I'm trying to stay positive today. You know, it's a, it's I'm going to lay into this final one. Whatever you've got. I've been really nice up to this point. Now it's it, now it's go time. Let's go. Oh, I've set myself up for failure. All right, good. So my breakout candidate this year is going to be and this is someone like based on this offense, based on where he's going, based on all of these things. He's definitely going to finish within the top 10 for me. Within the top 10 of running backs. Okay. I'm going to go so far as to say even PPR. I'm going to take Antonio Gibson. Not crazy? Oh, you gave the not. You don't hate it face either. You don't hate it. No, 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 no. What I'm doing is I've actually processed that every single episode we've done heading into the season, you've picked somebody from the Washington football team. So you you might as well just have that W stamped on your forehead. Um, You know what? Hey, I'll also I'll I'll tack it onto this. The Washington football team is going to win the division 
Oh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. All of this face rides. All this faith rides on the shoulders of Ryan Fitzpatrick. In terms of oh god, this now, being... all right, now you just you just lost me because now we're riding on Ryan Fitzpatrick. We're not talking and... about him. We're talking about Antonio Gibson. Okay, who... tell me why you like him. Okay, I believe that he was underutilized in the passing game last season. Agreed. And I believe that that's going to change this season, given the quarterback situation there now. Avoiding saying the name, but I'm, I think that just based on that alone, it's going to raise his PPR floor there in Washington. I mean, he, we really got to see some amazing things from him last year. He had 11 touchdowns. You love that. 795 rushing yards. You love that. He's going to take an uptick in receptions and targets this year. He just is based on the way that he's going to be utilized by that quarterback. So for me, he's going to have far greater potential to exceed his ADP by the end of the season, given the way that the, he is going to be used. So, okay. Brownie face from Derek. Taylor. All right. So no, hold on. I'm, I'm just, I'm fact checking you. So we have Ryan Fitzpatrick or the nameless man, um, depending on whatever, however we want to address him. Sure. Um, bearded quarterback in Washington. The bearded quarterback in Washington. Yeah, we can say it's that. Leading also, the hashtag okay. bearded okay. quarterback okay. in Washington. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, we also have a new face in Curtis Samuel. I don't know. You also liked him as a late round value. So you think he's going to, you know, eat, so to say. Sure. Um, okay. You also like Terry McLaurin. Multiple players in the same team. You like Terry McLaurin. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, don't know how I feel about Logan Thomas. When we do our tight end episode, he's probably your breakout guy. So you do no, okay. literally no. a clean sweep of the Washington football team. Okay. I already predicted it. Got it. Now I'm going to go ahead and say, Antonio Gibson is your breakout guy, and you're talking to me about PPR floor when J.D. McKissick is still in town and saw over 100 targets last year. Sure. Okay. All that being said, I actually really like Antonio Gibson. I just think mine's better. That was all. I was just poking holes in your, I was poking holes in your pick. That's all. All right, fine. Well, then I'll go so far as to say this in terms of another breakout candidate. And it's not going to be crazy for me to say because of, you know, the house that I represent. Wait, 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 wait you're picking two? Yeah, you picked two earlier. All right. Don't so then I get to pick two. This is how we even things out over here okay. on the fantasy debate with Sam okay. and Tate. And okay. I will not go a running back show without saying something about Najee Harris. Oh, People, I knew it. Don't sleep on Najee Harris. If he falls to you, take him. He is going to bring it home. He is our prodigal son. This is what we've been waiting for. Steelers fans, Steelers nation, hear me. He has returned. He is here. The running game has returned. We are going to have an amazing back in Najee Harris. Do not sleep on him. Put him on your draft boards. Would I take him in the second round? Yes, I would because I am that crazy or that smart. Depends on how we see things at the end of the season. But he is going to finish in the top. And you do not want to miss this train. In the Get top the what? Forest. No, no, you didn't finish that. You were like, he's going to finish in the top. Like, top five. Top five. Oh! Top five. If I All said right. Tone Gibson's going to finish in the top ten, Najee Harris is going to finish in the top five. Mic drop. See, I, I, I I'd, rather, drop I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd, I, I would have liked it a little bit more if you flipped it. You know, why did you, why did you withhold going with your top five breakout candidate to give us a top ten one? Because I'm trying not to be too ridiculous about my Steelers 
because I don't want to. I'm convinced you're a Washington football team fan, not I a Steelers fan. I am not. <laughs> and that's like all of this like praise of them is literally just because I'm so excited about this completely new regime that is going into town. They have done so much to fix this team. You don't want to miss out on all of that potential all right. value. All right. All right. But I... hey, I will bring it home and end our running back talk with Najee Harris. So go ahead. That's fine. He is, that's he's fine. the guy. He is the guy. You don't want to miss out on him. Second round guy that you can get. And I mean, if you're in a league with me, you might want to get him a little bit sooner. But I'm just saying. I hope their offensive line. I hope their offensive line plays a bit more consistent. That's the only issue that I have with having a top Najee Harris as a top five breakout candidate. That's the only thing that limits me for him. The volume will be there. Okay, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about this on the tight end show because um, I'm sure that we'll end up talking about a little bit of Pat Fryermuth. But he's not a tight end I'm looking to go and grab because the reason they drafted him is as he is a amazing blocking tight end. So he is not going to be a tight end you're drafting because you think he's going to be a red zone threat. No, no, no. That's Eric Ebron. Pat Fryermuth is there to block and make room for Menage Harris. So just saying. Okay. Just no, saying. I, I understand. I got you. And we're going to get into tight ends. Um, so, Sam, let's go ahead and wrap this one up, right? We're, we're almost a draft season. Or oh, some people are already definitely drafting. So let's go. Let's Thanks, go. guys, so much for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Samantha R. Holtz. Follow Derek Tate on our, all forms of social media at DTater4. Thanks for listening to the fantasy debate with sam and tate check out all the other content seasonal and dfs tools as well as premium access to our staff for all your fantasy sports questions in the members only discord right here at drrodo.com have a great day guys until next time later says the tater gotta get my sign off line in there come on of course you do come come on Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.